Psychomedy is brought to you by ThreadUp, Manchester-based therapy that supports creativity. I'm Rafaela Nunes, the founder of ThreadUp and the counsellor supporting the creative community. Comedians and creatives in general can experience anxiety, depression, low moods, and this in turn can affect their creativity. One-to-one counselling can facilitate a safe space for creatives to explore any difficulties, to gain self-awareness, to develop strategies that work, and ultimately to create choices that are aligned with the natural creative flow. If you're in need of support, then please get in touch. Visit threadup.co.uk to book your counselling sessions at reduced rates when you quote Psychomedy. Another episode of Psychology. I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand-up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology, a degree I've almost entirely forgotten. It gives a tiny bit of credibility to me discussing the psychology of stand-up comedy with today's very special guest, stand-up comedian, TV star, businessman and all-round lovely man, Francis Bull. Francis, hello. hello. How are you doing today? So I'm not allowed to look at you at all? Well, allowed is a strong word, but uh, <laughs> you can break the rules. Oh, wow. Well. Okay, be well, a rule breaker. Good to be idea. here. Thanks for having me. No worries. Good to have you. Yes. Um, so as Francis said, as usual here on Psychomedy, we're just relaxing here, not looking each other in the eye. Francis is reclining here with his with his feet up. So Francis, uh, you, you've done so much with your life. You started uh, very successful businesses. You helped to develop and appeared on Made in Chelsea, of course. And now you're doing stand-up comedy. Um, you've done some challenging things in your life. How does the challenge of stand-up at the moment, match up against your previous challenges that you've had? Well, I guess for, for, for me, you know, stand-up's always been something that I've, 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 I've been a comedy nerd for, you know, as long as I can remember, and, and it's mm. always been something that I've wanted to be able to do. Mm. And so for me, it's, I guess, you know, after all of the things I've done, it, it's kind of held this place in the back of my mind as, like, the ultimate challenge, because it's not just, I guess... Uh, acquiring the 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 skill set from doing it you know uh, but but also just forcing yourself to take the plunge and do it you mm. know it, it, you know looking beyond and uh, and ignoring what you know people might think of you well, you know obviously there's always a you know the thought that people might judge you for thinking you're funny enough to do it or whatever yeah but um so you say you've been thinking about it uh, for as long as you can remember, I mean, from when for, you were... For, well, uh, and funny enough, I actually, um, recently, when I was, in this last August when I was up in Edinburgh, I picked up a trunk that I left in Edinburgh uh, when I was studying up there in my first year. So it was a kind of time capsule from mm. my first year. <laughs> uh, and, and I'd forgotten completely what was in there. Mm. Um, but I, I, I uncovered all these forgotten Where treasures. Where was this trunk? Had you buried this? In, I'd buried the, it at, in at the park. A, 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 basically, it was a friend of a friend's house just outside of Edinburgh who, right. who offered to store some stuff for us at the mm. end of first year. 
and I so I said yeah yeah great but then because it was like slightly too far outside of Edinburgh the next year we kind of just never got around to going to pick it up and then the next year and then they, so yeah. any, anyway 12 years or 11 years passed mm. and um, and uh, I went to go pick it up and I found which I completely forgotten about I found all my old diaries um, mm. and like scrapbooks and stuff and I found all like all of these like attempts at, at jokes and also <laughs> trying to work out how to write jokes mm. um so, so and i'd for, and i you know i'd forgotten how obsessed i was with trying to figure out how to write the perfect joke mm. um and uh, and so it, it was something that obviously i'd wanted to do for ages mm. my 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 girlfriend at the time um her brother um what was is a stand-up comedian and and uh, and then I think when, you know, we broke up, I, I kind of, I, I felt like self-conscious. I didn't want our mutual friends to think that I was just like copying my ex-girlfriend's <laughs> brother. So it was kind of like a weird, weird thing. And then life got in the way and it was always something that I planned on doing. Mm. But then it was just building up the, not courage, I would say desensitizing myself to actually caring what others think about me. Mm. Was that the key thing holding you I th back? I you think, think, well, yeah. And whether it was whether it was the appropriate time, you know, I felt like I had other things that were going on, and mm. I was, I, I, you know, like you said, I had a, a, a lot of different businesses, uh, mm. a lot of different business interests, and obviously stuff on um, Made in Chelsea. And mm. what do you think? What do you think was particular about stand up to hold you back? Because as you say, you haven't um, shied away from putting yourself in the public eye uh, with your businesses and with your, particularly with Made in Chelsea. What, what do you think particularly held you back? Uh, you say it wasn't fear, but... Well, I guess it was. I mean, I guess it, it, it's fear all wrapped up in there in a, in a mixture mm. of emotions. But I would say that, um, that, that comedy is one of those things where you have to fail publicly <laughs> in order to get good. And I think those things, for me, that's what excites me, is, is the prospect of... of, of uh, there's no shortcut to it, you know. It, it it's a great uh, leveler, and it and it and it and it separates people who are not willing to um, uh, suppress their ego. Um, and so, uh, so for me, okay, I'd always uh, planned on doing. I'd always planned on trying it. Yeah. Um, but I did not plan for the um, success of Made in Chelsea. That was something that I took like a punt. Mm. get being involved in I had no idea it was going to become what it what it did mm. and then suddenly I had this profile with, 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 which with uh, with that came all these um, you know attached uh, uh, you know I guess expectations from people who knew me and I kind of psyched myself out thinking oh well I can't just go up and try stand up because <laughs> everyone will think, oh well, you know what, you know, you know what's mm. he doing? He thinks he's funny enough, you know. So were you about to do stand up before, I, I probably before Chelsea you know came what, along? I probably would have done. Well, no, because I, I booked myself my first um, five minute spot when I was still at Edinburgh. Okay. Uh, and then I didn't do it. I think I booked myself on and then never showed up. Mm. So uh, I, and I think if I hadn't done Made in Chelsea, I probably would have done stand-up comedy earlier mm. because I wouldn't have had all the attention on me and I would have been able to sort of get good in, in an anonymous yeah. uh, capacity. Did uh, anything stop you turning up that, that time before Made in Chelsea? Can you remember that time in Edinburgh? Did anything what, particular stop you turning up to that? Do you know, point? I think it's really sad, but I think I just, I think I... Um, I think I, I kind of, I kind of stopped myself because I did, I didn't, I didn't want to look like I was copying my ex-girlfriend's brother. <laughs> Do you know, because we'd broken up, and it was just all a bit, you know, 
it, but then um, <laughs> but then it's the age old story isn't it, it? it copying it, the ex-girlfriend's brother which, I thought holds we, you back which is quite a weird I just, uh, maybe I just thought oh, sh- <laughs> was he quite a famous stand up was he yes okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I was thinking oh, maybe everyone's just thinking I'm like some psycho copying my ex- <laughs> ex-girlfriend's brother but anyway so um, but but um, uh, I um, yeah I, I've always loved comedy I've always you know like it's one of the main things that I watch yeah on uh, YouTube is just old stand-up comedy um, specials and and you know yeah, I think mainly what I watch on Netflix or, or mm. Amazon is stand-up, stand-up comedy mm. um, so it's it's always been something that I've really admired and that 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 refinement of of material as well, the, the you know the, the you know in some respects that your act is like a product that you're slowly tweaking and refining and perfecting you yeah. know, until you reach a point where you're satisfied with it. You know, no more brush strokes or, or, or modifications need to be made, and then hopefully you have that you know that perf- perfect set where everything hits and mm. you feel like I mean I've not reached that level yet or uh, or i don't know if i ever will but Mm. i i I hope to one day have you know an hour-long show which i'm really happy with yeah that um that where and have that one gig where everyone's together in in this moment and everything hits yeah so you're still waiting for that gig are you that that oh yeah where you're really happy i mean i've had how long have you how long have you been doing it now uh i've been doing it for nearly a year yeah okay and uh I've done, I've done, I've done over hundred and something mm. gigs. I don't know how many. And was that really hard again? That first jump in a year ago. So I did, gave myself like a week mm. to uh, just get my five minutes in order. Yeah. I had like a page and a half of material. I'd re- mm. really spent ages on it. Had like a, a couple of callbacks or whatever, and mm. it went so well. Like my first gig. Obviously, they knew that it was my first gig, so it was kind of. There was it was a very forgiving um, right. crowd, but actually I got some big laughs. Great. And um, were you terrified? I was terrified, and I remember um, uh, my uh, I, I was in London already, and my girlfriend was coming in from uh, from, um, from I, I had a meeting in London, so I was in my suit, and I, and I asked my girlfriend to bring in um, uh, some a spare change of clothes so I could be sort of more relaxed for my so anyway. So anyway, she forgot my shoes. So I, I remember feeling a bit self-conscious because I had to go and do my first gig in like really smart shoes and like really casual, uh, casual uh, attire, but with really smart shoes. Um, so it kind of, uh, it kind of psyched me out a bit, but <laughs> but um, but it went really well, and you know everyone laughed at all the stuff that I. They even laughed at the stuff that really, God, I can't believe I even said, but um, but uh, in hindsight, and then. Uh, the next day, I got offered a. a I, and after that, I was like, Shit, maybe I've got like t- 10, 15 minutes of material. Mm. And the next day, um, I got offered another a 10 minute spot oh, at, at uh, Two North Down. So I went back that same night. So I ran over and uh, and, and did that. And the I bombed so hugely <laughs> that, that, you know, just it made, made the entire joy and, uh, and mm. satisfaction of all the laughs I got the previous night. <laughs> just evaporate into this hellish horror looking at these six people in this massive room just <laughs> not laughing at anything I, I said it was it was a it was um you know it was a great uh, mm. 
Um, it's often the way you humbling. do. It's often the way you do well on your first gig, because you're full of adrenaline and you've got some supporters in, and then that second gig, it's back to reality. But at least it was back to reality in front of six people. It could have. Um, and you say hellish. I mean, can you can you describe any more that feeling of? Uh, well, of, it was just it uh, was just bombing in front of those people. It just suddenly it suddenly dawned on me that I didn't have as much material as I <laughs> as I thought I did. Thought you had ten minutes and you had two. And and. and and the material I did have was not funny enough to make <laughs> these people laugh. And it made me realize how, how big of a factor the room and like the amount of people in, in the room yeah. and like the, um, the attitude and the shyness of, of the crowd would affect how your material goes down, but then have that other knock on effect and how you then react to that and deliver the rest of your material. So it's, it creates this, this psychological chain uh, of events that causes you to bomb uh, uh, and and then it, it, it's like a sort of compounding thing mm. right because then when you're bombing then they're not laughing even more yeah and then it's awkward and then you know so it's it's just this uh, yeah it's, it's, you, it's fascinating that's interesting that chain reaction are you when you're doing stand-up now are you in the moment, are you free, or at every second, are you analysing how it's going? Are you looking at the crowd? I'm or? much freer now. Yeah. I, I'm definitely much freer when I gig more. Like I had, a, uh, you know, a couple of weeks off after Edinburgh. That new material I saw yet the other day was yeah. probably the first time was was the first gig back. Yeah, and um, that was that was interesting actually. Um, it it uh, it was a you know it was a small smallish new new material night and I don't know if you remember this interaction you had with a lady in the front row. She, um, oh yeah, talking about dating apps and I think she was saying, she said something like "You're not my type" as a joke, but I just found it interesting, in terms of she clearly didn't recognise you from Made in Chelsea. I, I don't know whether you got that impression. And it just got me thinking about people making judgments generally about stand-ups, that they make judgments, we yeah. make judgments instantly in life, whether dating apps or anything else. And certainly with stand-up, as you say, it's very black and white. Um, they either like you or you don't. Yeah. And then you can turn that around potentially with your with your first joke. Um, it's it's just whether you feel more comfortable, I guess. If you get onto the stage and you get that, as you say, those eyes from people think, okay, seventy percent. Do you do you make those calculations? Think, okay, this is a this is a seventy percent crowd that know who I am, so I'm feeling slightly different to a zero percent crowd where I've got to maybe prove myself in a different way. I don't know. Well, it, I think there's there's a key difference in um, uh, knowing, obviously, that. It, it, the bulk of the audience knows who I am oh. and has come to see me specifically is a completely different kettle of fish to knowing that there are a lot of people in the audience who know who I am but weren't expecting to see me and so may or may not have a negative opinion <laughs> or preconception of me. Yeah. Um, uh, and so so for me, I, I, I like the, the latter more. Uh, obviously, I love people who want to come and see me for me, I'm not going to like say that, but but I like the the satisfying moment when you, you when you make people who are not expecting you to make them laugh when you make them laugh. That mm. for me is 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 a great uh, a sense of uh, satisfaction. So so it's all. But then again, then the other side of that is I just love um, when I make a, a room full of people who like my favorite thing that I did up at the um, uh, fringe was the fast fringe. I, I absolutely loved doing that. Yeah, uh, because it's three minutes. Uh, it's a, 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 a you know crowd of people who are, I would say, pretty comedy savvy people. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and um, 
and uh, and I only really have about three jokes that really work. So 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 <laughs> that's the perfect gig for you. It's then. the perfect gig for me. Obviously, if they come to my actual actual show off the back of that, they're going to be extremely disappointed because they've heard all my best bits. Will you start but, with those three yeah, jokes or end yeah, with them? Yeah, exactly. They're coming, guys. And then uh, and then uh, and then just to to have that like that that sort of rapturous laughter from a group of people who have hope. Like the majority of them have no idea who I am. Uh, uh, you know have no preconceptions of me, didn't come to see me, it's just a cold room, and then to make them laugh, I think that's, yeah. you know. Because then you're like, okay, those those are good jokes, they work. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you're putting yourself down, obviously, with these three good jokes, but you mentioned earlier, you know, you're waiting for that, you're waiting for that perfect gig. It's, I mean, that's that's really, in, that's, that's interesting after a year that you're waiting for, are you waiting for, what, a, a great gig? Still... I want, I want, a, I mean, I've had... For me, I've had great gigs for by my standards. Obviously, yeah. my standards of what a great gig is is probably completely different to your standards of what mm. a great gig is. Um, I'm just trying to... Um, you just want a fourth joke, don't you? Uh, yeah, I just want a fourth joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm desperate for. And, and, um, and you know, I hopefully one day I'll get that. <laughs> Let's workshop it after the... Yeah. I'm sure we could think of something. Um, yeah, it's... it's, it's obviously interesting to hear that you know you were into stand-up as a for as long as you can remember it's often the case uh with people that end up doing stand-ups that they've been into um, stand-up for a long time um so briefly mention your childhood and, and university years again you know you were you were moving around a lot as a child were you were you, were you happy as a child um i would say no i mean i had a pretty um i had a pretty uh hectic childhood mm. i'd say wasn't that wasn't like the happiest childhood of childhoods my you know parents got divorced when i was very young and oh. um you know and then there was a sort of whole protracted fallout from that which lasted for years so oh. so but and then obviously i was moving around a lot lived in the states for a long time when i was over in the states in the 90s um you know i was obsessed with Saturday Night Live, and there was so much comedy on TV at the in in those days in America. Mm. So my favorite comedians um, uh, growing up were American comedians, mm. uh, and and still really are to this day. I think my favorite comedians are are uh, you know other than yourself, Nathan, <laughs> are are, um, are, are uh, you know that sort of what kind of names are we talking about there? Uh, so I, I really love Mitch Hedberg, Norm Macdonald, Richard Pryor, Bullseye uh, in one. Uh, my uh, favorite as well in terms of that style of Mitch style Hedberg, of comedy. Yeah. Mitch, Hed Mitch Hedberg just yeah, oh he's amazing. I mean I, mean, I think yeah he's, is that what you regard as perfection when you're thinking of my that style no, of comedy? Uh, my f what I would regard as perfection would be Norm Macdonald. I think yeah yeah. I think he's, I think he's, perhaps the greatest comedian that's yeah. ever, ever ever lived. Great. Yeah, it's hard to be perfect, isn't it, when you've got those guys yeah. to aim at? But it's a great, but it's uh, a great, great ambition, a, a great place to aim at. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, we've mentioned uh, university, and I was uh, listening to a, a few things you talking at the Oxford University about about this time, and one thing that stands out with you is just your work ethic. Um, I look at you and you remind me of Mark Zuckerberg, you know, you really do in terms of how, how much you work and, uh, maybe I've got the wrong impression, but this is certainly the impression that I get that you 
work really hard. You you mentioned in this talk that other people were going out and partying and you at university were working on various businesses. I've heard in your podcast with Jamie that at Edinburgh this year, you'd wake up and write for three hours, which is unheard of in Edinburgh. People do not wake up in the morning and write. Work ethic, strong, yeah? Uh, yes, I guess um, I've always got something uh, which I'm working towards and and I and I've spoken about this. You know, my 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 mum's always said this to me. She said, you know, you 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 rarely stop to even savor some of your achievements, right? Because I, mm. I I I feel like as soon as I've achieved something, I'm 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 I immediately set myself a new goal, and I and I'm working on mm. working towards that. Do those achievements make you happy then? Yes, mm. definitely. Like they do make me happy. I don't think, to be honest, like I don't think. For me, in my 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 life, I don't think that I like am working all the time. I mean, I am, I guess. But mm. for me, I am always thinking, oh, I could do more. Actually, mm. I feel like there's more that I could do. But and and, and um, I don't know what it is. Like why I I kind of don't allow myself. I I I, I feel like I'm the, I'm the same. I, I mean, in terms myself, of work ethic, yeah. you know, I beat myself up mm. if I um just sitting watching tv or doing or, or not doing anything i i i, I find like I, I have to be progressing mm. I, I i think what's what has always really helped me is that i love learning and i've got a very uh, i've got a growth mindset i always want to be improving and becoming um the person that would attract the kind of uh caliber of people and you know potentially girl that I want in, in, in my life, you know, so, I, so I, I've always, I've, you know, I'm, I'm focused on my purpose and, uh, and, and achieving what it is I want, because mm. you know, we only get one life. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's interesting. So in, in anything that you're doing, you're, you're just focusing on improving yourself and how you're perceived by others? Is that? Um, no, it's not really. I don't, I don't actually care about um, how I'm perceived by others, mm. I, I, I think I, I'm sure that that I have cared more in certain periods of my life. Like when I, for example, didn't do stand-up comedy um, uh, early earlier than I than I did. And um, yeah, and you've done some really innovative things there. I mean, mentioning Mark Zuckerberg again, the um, the sexy MP oh, yeah. UK, which obviously reminds you of. Uh, Face mash with uh, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. Not saying you copied that at all. Let's let's not get into a lawsuit with Mark Zuckerberg. But no, um... I, th I think it would be my dream come true if Mark Zuckerberg sued me for face mash. <laughs> Copying face mash. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I don't think it. Did. I don't think it did. Do you know what? Uh, oh, do you, do you know what? I think maybe I did. Um, I don't know. I can't remember where I got the idea. But I basically just based it on the ELO chess ranking system. The 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 um, this is what the Winklevosses were saying. This is yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, look, Mark. Hey. Oh, yeah. it's something to do with chess. It's hey. nothing to do with Zuckerberg. Hey, Zuckerberg, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you, you fucking face mash. Are we allowed to swear in this? Of course, right. of course, and we're also allowed to stop, rate stop, rate MPs, particularly stop at the moment. Our data, you wanker. <laughs> I don't think he's going to listen to you. Indeed. Sponsored by Facebook. <laughs> and the wanker, Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. Um, 
I'm defriending you, Mark. <laughs> He'll probably listen to this. Um, so yeah, I, did, I mean that's not live anymore. That uh, is that live now? The, it um... is, no, it is live. It, oh, cool. It's, it's be, it's be, so we can rate our MPs in terms of what? how sexy they are. Yeah, you can go on sexy. A bit MPs. like Face Mash, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's basically down at the moment because I've been updating it. I'm actually relaunching it. <laughs> oh wow! I've been waiting for a new election. Exciting. Well, you might not have to wait to put the new new MPs up there. Um, (laughs) uh, So so we'll be back soon. But I'm trying to think. You could be writing your fourth joke while you're doing this. Hey, that is my fourth joke. (laughs) Sexy sexy MP was actually. No, Sexy MP was one of my first jokes. uh, (laughs) And um, uh, my first jokes actually went viral. But I'm going to um, relaunch. I'm trying to think what else I should do with it. Maybe I should have some sort of dating service for MPs. So, um, so yeah, talking about online and ambition, do you have innovative ideas for stand-up and different ways, different directions you could take it? So, yeah, um, I, I do. Online, yeah. And, and there's obviously a lot that I want to do, but it's about, you know, getting to the point where I, I feel competent enough to kind of explore those, uh, those things. Like, it, the purpose is to make people laugh. And I, I yeah. do find, like, I, I've noticed, obviously, on the circuit... A lot of people, it seems their their first aim is to 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 change people's opinions <laughs> and get they want. It's almost like they want applause <laughs> ra- for their opinions, <laughs> yeah. rather than laughter for their joke. I'm not like commenting on anyone in in particular, but it's just mm. if it feel like maybe it's because of the the sort of UK's um, uh, comedy scene's history with kind of anti-establishment. Sentiment, right? Would it, yeah. Uh, like, there's, a, there's a sort of, um, yeah. There's, there's a, a lot of sort of political subtext to a lot of people's, yeah. Um, what, um, you know, comedy, and often actually, it's not even very anti-establishment these days, right? It's like very establishment, you know, mm. trendy, straight down the line, mm. um, you know. Uh, and so my, you know, I, I I'm toying with some of these, you know. I'm trying with actually saying my opinions, but I, I just really like making people laugh. I like I like stupid jokes that make people laugh. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do, do you see yourself as a uh, quite a private person? I've heard that mentioned on your private parts uh, podcast yeah. um, that you are more private perhaps than than Jamie. I think is is there is there is there something you think in terms of being a private person? potentially going to hold you back from really opening up and as you say things that need to be ridiculed or opinions or well that's the thing i I do think that comedy is and and being on stage is helping me be more um carefree about being open and i find i find it you know yeah i I am a private person which is obviously a lot of people may find hard to believe that i would go on a reality tv show about my uh, ostensibly about my love life and private life and 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 still consider myself a private person i am a private person i never wanted to be necessarily a reality tv show it was kind of like you know but i've always taken risks i've always taken opportunities so um yes i think as long as i can stay funny i'll talk more about myself yeah and you you say already it's making you more you know more carefree in your in your day-to-day life is that right yeah Yeah. i I feel more i feel more like uh open i when i'm speaking to my friends i find i'm much i'm talking more uh openly about my um feelings on certain things and things that embarrassing things that, that happen to me or 
maybe because I'm trying out to see if it would be good material. <laughs> oh, that's that's becoming a real comedian where you stop talking to people naturally and you just yeah, everything's I realized, a bit. I was, I was, I, I everything's was, looking for that fourth. Joke. I was, I, I, I was with my therapist and I realised that I was trying out a bit on. <laughs> And he and he laughed, so I was I was really uh, yeah I was really pleased. But it's, that's know, a pay to play gig. Yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 probably not the best use of time. <laughs> so you, do you see a therapist like regularly? Do you? Yes, I I I I recently um, you know I guess in this past sort of three months started. I used to see one when I was younger, but that was more like my mum saying that I I needed to. So I never took it seriously, and I mm. I think I just bullshitted mm. to the therapist the whole time so it was a waste of my my mum's money but then recently since it, since I've made the decision to do it um, yeah I go once a week and um, I think it's a tremendous gift you can give to yourself uh, obviously it's a luxury but it's a it's you know mm. it's really um, so uh, positive yeah and any particular type of therapy that you Jungian pardon Jungian do you want to Talk, talk me through that. I mean, obviously, Carl I remember Jung, it from my psychology degree, but uh, Jungian psychoanalysis. Yeah, I mean, talk, talk the audience through. I mean, I obviously know everything about that. But, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Why don't you tell? Just me? for the benefit. <laughs> to be honest, I need a drink, so I've got a dry throat at the moment. You, you take over at this point. Um, to be honest, I am just the one that does the talking. I don't really know much about it. He, he okay. He is the he's the guy who you need to get on. This. Yeah. But you mentioned uh, hypnosis before the um, oh yeah, so I I'm very started. interested in hypnosis and, mm. and the subconscious. I think um, I became interested in in um, uh, a very interested in consciousness um, when I was studying philosophy, and uh, that was a kind of an area which uh, which um, uh, I found uh, titillating, and um, and then uh, and and through that I became very interested in in. Um, in in hypnosis and in in uh, um, Ericksonian hypnosis, so Milton Erickson is a, a psychologist who 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 explored the use of language patterns and and I think became a sort of um, precursor to um, uh, um, CBT, so cognitive behavioral therapy, um, uh, and and neurolinguistic programming. So so. The, the idea that you can uh, attach um, uh, emotions to or anchor them to certain uh, words or actions mm. uh, and, and influence the way that people people um, um, behave um, and and I, and I think there is you know uh, there is uh, a lot to that mm. um, a lot of stand-ups talk about it and, yeah. um, and uh, have tried it uh, Eric Lamper a previous episode was talking very positively about hypnosis I think it, and the change it had on him. Oh, I think I think yeah, it it is um, it is it works definitely works. Uh, I experimented with it quite a bit, yeah. but but, but conversational hypnosis so where you can embed commands in your speech when you're speaking to people, and make them uh, you you because they're embedded, it, it penetrates through the critical factor into their subconscious. So you can, um, I I I. I didn't use it extensively, but I did once manage to get a girl to give me an entire full pack of cigarettes that I just that I just met. <laughs> Tell us the secret. Um, uh, Do you have to introduce a key word? 
Benson's. Yeah, it was. I was much more in. Yeah, no, I was much more into it back then. I can't remember what I said. But this sounds fascinating. This sounds like you can, you can be able to trick people into laughing at you. Francis, well, that's you know, uh, yeah. Like, if I can't keyword. find that fourth joke, I may have to. Just putting the word laugh. Yeah. You know. <laughs> That's great. Just returning to uh, gigs briefly. We talked about Made in Chelsea, and um, I've I haven't seen it, by the way. No, I only watch reruns of Bullseye. People will know. Oh, Fans right. of this yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. will know. That's the only thing I watch. If you've been on Bullseye, I've seen you. Haven't. You said about Made in Chelsea that you were you were daunted potentially uh, because of the uh, people digging into your past and um, you know potentially negative press. That being said, whether that was true or not, have you got those feelings now in terms of now you've launched onto this new career in terms of press, be that reviews, be that anything in terms of, you know, it was great to hear you say right at the top, you know, this is, I want to, you know, because you're really going back to square one here, aren't you, in terms mm. of challenge? Yeah, but I, I think, um, I, I do think that, that we're living in this um, a very interesting time where people are trying to um, compel people's speech and, and tell people what they can and can't say yeah. uh, and and really comedy um, is a sort of the cutting edge and the front line of that um, um, battle of ideas um, uh, and uh, and you know I do think that in order to maintain our freedom it, it requires people to speak up and just to, to continue um, with common sense about about things, because ultimately it's the audience that decides what's funny uh, or not. If 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 you're going to lose the, the the room, you're not going to get very many um, gigs booked. In, are you? You know. So so I do think that um, obviously there's always the risk of the trial by Twitter mob, but I think I think I just, I just don't think I care. Mm. I think I'm not saying anything that's I I. I I know in my heart that I'm a good person, you know, so, oh. so if I'm making a joke about something, I also think this is kind of like, you know, no one is, we're all equal. Like, like when, you, when you place some other status on, on a particular group or community of people saying that you can't, that they're above ridicule, that you can't make fun of them, oh. it's placing them at a, at a higher status than, than everyone else. I think everyone is equal. Every group is equal. Everyone should be equally um, uh, subject to ridicule and uh, and, and satire, uh, and um, uh, and that's how we can keep everything fair and funny. Mm. Mm. That give us a clue in terms of the direction you're going to take with these jokes. Are they going no, to I, I I don't think so. Like <laughs> I I'm not like a controversial person. Like I yeah. think I think I'm pretty straight down the line. But I do get annoyed when people say, "Oh, you can't say." that or they you know or they or they imply that you mean something else by what you're saying when it's actually just a joke you know what i mean yeah i think a joke is a joke if it, if obviously if you're if you're turning a whole if you're regularly turning crowds of people against you you're not going to be in comedy for very long are you because you're i've been at it 10 years yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> so you seem quite happy and um you know, you seem very happy. Would you say that you are happy and maybe happier now that you've found this thing, you've taken the plunge into, into stand-up than previous uh, previous life in business and made in Chelsea and that kind of thing? Well, I still am in business. Well, no, of course, of course, yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm really happy that I, um, uh, I'm doing stand-up now. I feel like it's it's the right time in many ways. Like, I'm, I'm, I've, I've got a lot of stuff to talk about. 
think my my opinions are more um, uh, fully formed. Obviously, I'm not really d- talking about. My, obviously, I don't have any opinions. I forgot to say. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but but um, you don't have any opinions. Don't have any opinions about anything. About uh, about yeah, n- <laughs> no. You're a very private person. Don't have any Francis. opinions. But um, uh, I do have opinions that 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 if something's funny, and it makes a room full of people laugh, it yep. should be allowed to be said. Do you, do you yeah, that's, that's an opinion. No, absolutely. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Yeah. No, I. Um, if it makes the room laugh then that's it's censorship isn't it if the room is laughing then it's funny and it's not uh while it might be controversial it's on the right side for me yeah so i think that is the test if the room is laughing um if half the room is laughing it's probably okay if one person is laughing it's probably wrong <laughs> particularly if it's you well, or, the, the or the your racist is, friend like, no comedian <laughs> But no comedian is going to want to put themselves through that to get up on stage and only say stuff that makes one person laugh. Plenty, hundreds do, Francis. You, you must yeah. have been going to the wrong gigs. No, no, um, but I mean, no one's going to want to do that, like... They do. Uh, like, continuously, are they? Oh, yeah, they do. They stick around doing that because, yeah, they have a... But they, they don't... But, but I'm saying, like, they don't become, like, no. successful, like... No. Comedians. Like, obviously, no. if you're in it just for the own self-indulgence of getting up and saying, like, Stupid, racist, like uh, misogynistic stuff. Yeah, which I don't think do do do, do people. No, people there's do not. That? There's not many. I don't think there's a, there's not many. They wouldn't get get very far. No. So, um, <laughs> but but uh, my opinion. Am I happy? I I'm happier. I, I'm yes. I'm happy now that I'm doing because I think it's such an amazing uh, lifestyle. Waking up, um, you know, trying to make yourself laugh. Yeah. Thinking of funny things. Yeah. Uh, you know all day if you want to and yeah. it doesn't feel like work but then you write them down and then you can go and test it out on, a, on an audience of people i mean it's just like the like it's such a joy mm. and a privilege to be able to um you know spend all day making yourself laugh uh, answer a few emails you know obviously do this sort of life admin yeah and then go out and make and get the get the chance and and to to be able to go and get up on stage be given a microphone and be able to make a whole room for people laugh it's just like the best it's like the best feeling in the world and obviously when you get a new joke which which you know, when new material works it's the best feeling in the world yeah um and then i so i'm i'm, I'm yet to feel the satisfaction of a perf- perfect gig oh. um but right now the addiction to um new material working is is enough for me yeah um, and that is it's an it's addiction so, isn't it so, it's so, an addiction in yeah. terms of getting it right it, it, you get that dopamine re- release when it's, it's sort of the validation of your judgement yeah um, and um, and that obviously informs your other work so it's this companion thing that hopefully you get better at, uh, at, at writing jokes and finding them but uh, yeah but yeah I'm, I, I guess I'm a sort of literal and figurative gold miner <laughs> That gives away your joke about mining, which... Uh, Does it? Not really. Some, no, it no, gives away some of it. It's a brilliant joke. <laughs> if, I'd love you to tell it now, but don't, because you, no, you're, no. you're giving away your... There's no audience. You're giving away... <laughs> there's Mike in the room. Yeah, he'll laugh. We're if Mike. He, but he's, he's the one person <laughs> no, that's going to laugh mean, at the bad stuff. I wasn't, so. being, I, wasn't, I wasn't doing down. I'm sure you've got a big audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no audience on this. We don't release this podcast. This is just for our own... So being happier than ever, um, what, what was the trigger particularly to, to get you back into therapy th- th- three months ago? Was, uh, 
Um, I, I, I came out of a long-term relationship. Okay, okay. So no, nothing to do with stand-up or... No. Yeah. Although uh, a, a few comedians have told me that... that and particularly Alu Bell told me that... Saying that it was one of the best things he'd ever done for his comedy. So yeah. obviously for me, I came out of the, the three-year relationship uh, and I, 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 I thought it would be a good time to, to do that. But also... Um, I think it does uh, contribute to a, a greater sense of self-awareness. To say this is the ultimate challenge, you, and you just want to, you're just enjoying the challenge, aren't you? It seems. I'd like basically. I'm very um, addicted to getting good at stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, whether that's uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or um, calligraphy or uh, you know. Are you good uh, at calligraphy? I yeah. I I got very into into calligraphy because oh, I wanted nice. to. I wanted to be able to do it well. Um, Right. Uh, uh, you know, very like various like little wa- random things that I'm like where where it's where it requires focus to acquire a, a level of competency that I've, I I consider satisfactory. Oh. Uh, and so, i you know whether it's surfing, polo, you know, skateboarding, whatever these things where you have to devote time. Uh, but then, do you I've, take that back to anywhere in terms of? Oh, I think I've always been a perfectionist. I've always been very. Um, OCD about about things yeah and if I and I don't like not being good at something and I don't like the way that it makes me feel mm. if I'm not good at it and, and that's what generally attracts me to something is if I don't like the way it's made me feel I want to do it until I feel until I uh, until that feeling disappears <laughs> and how often are you feeling bad in gigs in uh, terms of I mean, how it's gone <laughs> in terms of well I had a had a gig on Sunday night which was terrible yeah um uh, was my first kind of twenty minutes, which uh, uh, you know, I I, I I thought I'd test out some new material, uh, and then didn't, and I thought that new material would last me a lot lo- longer than it did, and and uh, anyway, completely bombed in the middle, and then had to win them back. But okay, what did you do to win them back? Did you do some calligraphy? I did a, I did a, <laughs> I no, I did, <laughs> I did a joke about, I did one of my, one of my go-to finishing, <laughs> finishing jokes. Because at least if you can make them laugh after they're hating you at the end, then you yeah. can leave with a bit of like, oh, well, made them laugh. <laughs> Got them in the end. That's a miracle. If you make them, people laugh after hating you, that's, uh, yeah. that's a miracle. Right. We are nearing the end of our time. I mean, um. I just, uh, I really, I really like you and your, your journey in terms of, there's not a lot of people that have come to stand up after your kind of success, are there really? Because it's, um, it's a, it's a difficult thing to do, to go, as I say, go back to square one in something, um, after what you've achieved. And I, I love that, that you're not just, there's plenty of people that would have just rested on their laurels, you know? Rested on their calligraphy ability, and yes, their, um, and everything else that you've achieved, and not done this. It's uh, I find it fantastic, great. Oh. I mean, there's not a question there. There's just a, you know, a real sense of um, yeah, I like it. Oh well, I like you. <laughs> I like it almost as much as Bullseye. So yeah, I think I think that's it. I've really enjoyed this, and I've Me really, too. I really enjoy talking with you. So thank you, Francis. Thank, thank you. you. It's been great to be here. That is our show for today. But join us again next week for more Psychomedy on Apple Podcasts, Spotify UK, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you liked it, please give us a five-star review. It helps other people to find us, and only psychopaths leave three-star reviews. 
Psychomedy was written and presented by me, Nathan Cassidy. BSC in Psychology and produced and edited by Mike Hansen. BA English for Pop People Productions. Theme music by Mike as well. So that's Psychomedy. Please subscribe, rate, and listen to back on all the great episodes so far. Follow us on social media at Pod People UK, at Psychomedy Pod, at Nathan Cassidy, and at Francis Bull. Thank you again, Francis. Lots of love to you all, and see you again next time.